Stupid. There we go. We're doing good here. Chapter 16 says, And when David was a little past the top of the hill, uh, so remember, David is uh, uh, running away from Absalom. Absalom's coming to the city with uh, hundreds of soldiers, with the, the whole country uh, just looking. He's convinced the whole country by deception uh, that he should be king. And it just shows the condition of the country too, doesn't it? Because if he can convince most of the country that he should be king and David should be gone, when God hasn't said so, <laughs> the condition of the country has got to be in bad shape. Uh, and they can't point fingers at Absalom. They can't point fingers at David. They have to point fingers at their own hearts and say, why didn't I hear and why don't I know? Uh, and the same with us. Uh, we need to keep our hearts in that place, settled on who God is and in that right place, so that we aren't going to be deceived in, in the days that we're in. And there's so much deception flying around out there. Uh, just reading in Harbinger's news, uh, it came out just a few days ago that uh, a lady pastor, <coughs> which is already an oxymoron, uh, in New York City uh, of the Presbyterian Church said that God lied to Adam and Eve. And so they can't believe God. Yes. And you know what? People are staying in the church and listening. Why aren't they leaving? Because their hearts are just like these people's hearts in Israel that say David shouldn't be king anymore when God hasn't said so. We need to stand on God's word. And that means you need to be in the word so that you know what's going on so the Holy Spirit can minister to you. Because I could be up here and lie to you. I'm just as susceptible as anybody else. You be like the Bereans. Check out the word. See what the word says. Don't believe me. You believe him. And stand on his word. Because we, we can't trust ourselves. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know them? Jeremiah said. <laughs> God can. <laughs> That's why we trust him. We don't trust man, we trust him. So keep walking in the word, keep standing on the word. So David was a little past the top of the hill. Behold, uh, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth. You remember Mephibosheth? He's Jonathan's son who's lame on both his feet. He can't walk. Uh, and so, but David has had him at, eating at his table. Uh, but this servant that's come, David ordained or gave over uh, control to Ziba to take care of Mephibosheth and, and all his sons and all the, the land and all this stuff. He was supposed to be there doing a, a good work. And he comes with a couple of asses saddled and upon them 200 loaves of bread. <laughs> he had to get up early. Uh, and 100 bunches of raisins and 100 of summer fruits and a bottle of wine. Uh, I wonder who got the wine. One bottle of wine for 600 men. Let's see. I'm, I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like communion. Small cups. <laughs> so the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, because uh, kings uh, of Israel would ride on, on donkeys. They wouldn't ride on horses. They would be on donkeys. Uh, just to show their, their royalty. Uh, uh, the asses be for the king's household to ride on, the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine that such as be faint in the wilderness may drink. 
Uh, and the king said, and where is your master's son? So he's thinking about Mephibosheth. And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. And then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine are all that... Excuse me, thine are all that pertained unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba said, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in your sight, my lord, O king. This guy is bad news. You, you've got to make sure that you're reading and you're in there because Ziba is deceiving David and David's not praying, he's not hearing, he's not listening, he's running. He's distracted. He's in a place, and, and you don't see any place where he's praying. You just see him running from Absalom, running from the destruction that's going to come, uh, and he's not paying attention to what the Lord is saying. You're going to see it soon that he, that he goes to worship uh, to get his heart right again, which is a great thing. But we've got to be careful when bad news comes to us, and we're running to just put things together as much as we can, that we're taking time to meet with the Lord first. Because we don't want to be deceived by the bad news that it's going to take us out, that it's going to hurt us, that it's going to destroy us. We've got to stay in that place where God can minister to us to do the right things. Even though things are, are awful and, and we're in trouble, that doesn't mean that God can't get us through. He can get us through. But if we're running uh, and we're not looking to him, he's not going to show us the way to go. We, we need to know that perfect way to go, and only God knows that perfect way. And I can say it because it's here. <laughs> do I do it all the time? Ain't no way. My emotions get in the way, and I just run without even seeking the Lord sometimes. Keep your heart straight. You can't do it if you're in the world doing worldly things. That's just going to cause complete deception, and you're, you're walking in a lie. If you're continuing in those places, you're walking in a lie and you're not going to hear the truth. We've got to be in the Word, got to be before our God who loves us to know what the right way to go is. Uh, sometimes even things that look right aren't going to be right. So keep your focus on who Jesus is. Uh, and so he, he gives all the land, all the household, all the stuff over to this servant of Mephibosheth, because he says, hey, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and so, not only is that bad enough news that your own son is coming against you, and you've had to leave some stuff behind, you're leaving a country that you love, you're, you're leaving people that you love, over to a deceiver, over to one who's coming in to destroy them. Uh, but then, of course, verse 5 comes, <laughs> and God allows it. Isn't it amazing what God can allow? And he must know how much David can take because he allows it to happen. Just because you get one piece of bad news upon another piece of bad news doesn't mean that God is mad at you. It means you got to start listening. Because <laughs> if you can go through all of that because God knows your character, your nature, your heart, your integrity, he must know how much you can handle because he's not going to give us more than we can handle, right? That's what scripture says. So do we believe it? Did you get bad news today? Mm-hmm. How much more can you handle? 
as much as God gives me. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, so. <laughs> Sorry about that. So when King David came to Behurim, uh, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei. We know this guy, the son of Gera. And he came forth uh, and cursed still as he came. He's cursing all the way as he's coming to meet David. You know it's bad news <laughs> when the person you're meeting isn't there to encourage you. He's cursing all the way to, to come to you. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and it says this in the Gospel of John, uh, uh, chapter 8, uh, what verse here? 8, verse 7, uh, it says this, um, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up and said unto them, He that is without sin, let him among, excuse me, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. So we see this coming. We see what, what's going to happen. In verse 9, he says he picked up stones and cast them at David. And what did Jesus say to the Pharisees and, and those that were around him listening to him? Let him that is without sin. Remember, the woman's in adultery. She's before him. And he says, hey, guys, if you want a stoner, go ahead. But you better be without sin. And what happened? They all dropped their stones because they realized we're just as much of a sinner as she is, and they left. That's amazing to me. They didn't do that with Stephen, did they? They all took big stones and came after him. But you know what's interesting too? This has got to touch David's heart, because what happened back in 1 Samuel chapter 17? David and Goliath. He picked up stones. And he fired him at Goliath. But when God is behind it, we know the stones are going to be directed in the right way. When God isn't involved in it, the stones are going to go the wrong direction. Got to make sure if you're going to pick up a stone and throw it at somebody that God is telling you to do it. Mm. Which means what again? <laughs> Get in the word. <laughs> Don't just go around picking up stones because if that happens, we're going to stone everybody in sight because every one of us is going to say something wrong or stupid somewhere along the line and that deserves to be stoned. So everybody's going to be picking up stones hurling. Can you imagine coming to a church service? <laughs> the church of the first stoning? You know, <laughs> here they are, everybody's in church throwing stones at each other. <laughs> Uh, just amazing. <laughs> we had, <laughs> when we used to go to the castle uh, way back with Rochester, uh, in, in the morning, the last morning uh, of a retreat, they would give us uh, like egg McMuffin kind of things wrapped in aluminum foil. Uh, and me being the wonderful, holy, righteous man that I am, I would roll it up and start throwing things. And there was one lady there, her name's Virginia, and she's, she's 94 now. She was only 70-something then. She was a young chick. Uh, but she looked at me and she said, you hit the old lady, you die. <laughs> that, stopped, that stopped the whole food fight, you know? It was just, it was just ah. <laughs> well, I guess I don't want to get hurt by her, so. <laughs> It's on her terms, I guess. <laughs> so when King David came, 
this man Shimei comes out and he starts casting stones at David and at all the servants of a king. He must have felt pretty good of, of himself that he would hurl stones at the whole troop that was leaving. Wow, that's pretty bold. Also pretty stupid. Uh, and all the people and all the mighty men were on David's right hand and on his left. They were surrounding him. They were keeping him in uh, protecting him. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloody man, and thou man of Belial, you man of the devil. Uh, and really, he's throwing out accusations at David that God is going to redeem. God is going to take hold of. Uh, and this man is going to be accountable for what he's speaking. Be careful what you say uh, when you come against people. The Lord has returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead you have reigned. And the Lord hath delivered into the kingdom, into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in your mischief, because you are a bloody man. Can you imagine what the enemy is just coming at David and coming at David? Remember what the Lord said when David wanted to build a temple and he told Nathan about it? And, he, and the Lord told Nathan, you got to go back and tell David he, he can't build the, the temple because he's got blood on his hands. What is Shimei saying? You're a bloody man. We think Satan doesn't hear. We think Satan doesn't take notice of things. What is going to eat at David? I'm a bloody man. I'm a man that's, that's caused blood on people. I'm a man that's caused murder. I'm a man that's caused divisions and the enemy will bring those things at you the enemy doesn't tell you uh, things that that you really don't care about the enemy is going to tell you things that you really care about that can really affect your heart your mind your emotions and the enemy comes at david but thank goodness we've got a god that loves us that can redeem us that can hold on to us and keep us in spite of all those things oh. Hang on to those things. <laughs> uh, you're a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? <laughs> We've got to be careful on both sides. <laughs> I'm going to defend the lord. I'm going to go hack off somebody's ear. <laughs> Remember, Peter did, did that with, with Jesus when, when they came to get him. And what did he do? He pulled out a sword and cut off the servant's ear. And what did Jesus do? He put it back on. And he healed him instantly. Can you imagine? You don't have to go to the hospital. You don't have to get nerve blockers. You don't have to go through all this rehab. You just get the Lord to put it back on your ear and go, here. You know, you get duct tape, throw the thing back on again. He didn't have to do any part of it. He doesn't need tools. He doesn't need operating rooms. He doesn't need to be sterile. <laughs> he just picks it up and heals it because he's perfect in all his ways. That's what your God can do. The gods of this world can't do that. Only the God who is above everything, who's created everything, can do that. How big is your God? Can he do that for you? Yeah, he can. We've got to be careful on both ways, how we talk, how we speak. Here's this man who's supposedly in that place with David, 
and he's saying, let me go, let me go hack this guy. He's, he's a dead dog. He, he's cursing you. Let me just go smack him. <laughs> David says, hey, hang on. And didn't David do that with Abishai before? Remember they went down when Saul was entrenched in, in a camp and he was surrounded by 3,000 choice men and they walked through the whole camp because remember the whole camp is going to surround the king. He walked through the whole camp with Abishai. They get right up near, near Saul. His spear is there and Abishai goes, <laughs> let me just smack him because I'll do it once and he won't move again. It won't take me twice to hit him. It's only going to take me once. And David says, you don't touch the Lord's anointed. Let's just take a spear in his water bottle and we'll let him know what happened. You'd think the guy would learn. He goes, no, let me, he just wants to smack people. <laughs> That's his whole gift, I guess, is smacking people. I don't know. But we're surrounded by people like that. And you know what? We look at that and we go, oh, what is wrong with them? You know what? We do the same thing, don't we? Let me just smack them with my words. Let me just yell at them. Let me just get it off my chest. I deserve to be able to say something to them. No, we don't. We deserve to act like Jesus. Oh, I have my rights. No, you don't. You're a servant of the Most High God. You have no rights. He has all the rights. Lord, help us to be more like you. We're these image bearers. Lord, let me look like an image bearer. Don't let me look like the world anymore. And can you imagine God still puts up with us and he still wants to meet with us and he still loves us? That is just so cool. I just, sometimes I just stand in awe of this God that loves me so much that, he, that even in the midst of my stupidity, he still loves me. And he still takes care of me. And he still forgives me. But you know what? It should cause us to walk even more with him and towards him than away from him. Uh, that's what the whole thing is for, is to get us closer to him. And I don't know about you, but boy, we're in these days. I want to get closer to Jesus because I don't want these days to overtake me. That's what I need is more food in front of me. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, we're done. Okay, no. Uh, so he, he, he says, uh, uh, what, what have I to do you? What have I to do with you, you sons of Zero, you, Zeruiah? Let, so let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, wherefore hast thou done so? If this is from the Lord, I want to be able to take it. And to me, that is such a wonderful thing. Because when somebody says something to you or about you, we should always take the time. We shouldn't just automatically say, can't be true, and put up our hand. Lord, is that in my heart? Is, is, are you, is the Holy Spirit showing them something about me that I need to know? We shouldn't just say automatically, not me. We should say, Lord, is it me? Is it I, Lord? Remember the disciples around the table when Jesus said, one of you's going to betray me this night? And they all said, is it I? Do I have that in my heart? Could I do that to you, Jesus? Oh, because we're all capable. Hmm. 
Oh, boy. David says to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold my son. Notice he's saying it to the whole group of people, all the people that are there. He's teaching them even as he's going. He's starting to get to a place again where, where maybe he's not praying, but he's thinking, and he's thinking about the Lord's mercy on his life, and he's thinking about what God can do, and he's starting to teach all the people that are around him. Remember, he's got 600 men that are in debt, that are despondent, that are discouraged. They're, they're all manic depressives. They're all, they're all hanging around David, and he's teaching them. That's your job, David. You're king. Teach these mighty men what it is to be mighty in the things of the Lord. And he says, Behold, my son which came out of my bowels seeketh my life. How much more may now this Benjamite do it? Let him alone and let him curse, for maybe the Lord has bidden him to do that. I don't know right now, but I'm going to seek the Lord and find out. We're going to find out not so. <laughs> and we're going to see what happens to Shimei, but not this chapter, the next one. Uh, it, or the next few as we go on. It may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction. Look at what he's saying. It may be that the Lord's going to look upon my affliction and that the Lord will requite me for good for his cursing this day. He may bring me to a place of restoring me to a right place. And that should always be our heart, isn't it? Even though I'm in affliction, Lord, you minister to my heart the right thing to do and the right thing to have. Hold your place here. Uh, go to Hebrews for a minute. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, we got all day, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, after the Hall of Faith chapter, uh, just going through, uh, and it says in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And that starts out the chapter, and then drop down to, to verse 10. Uh, uh, and it says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he does it for our profit. God, when he chastens us, when he allows afflictions to come into our life, doesn't do it to hurt us. He does it to, for our good. So the next time you get into affliction, the next time you get into trouble and you're getting chastised by the Lord, or if you haven't done anything wrong and the afflictions are just there, Lord, show me what it is I need to learn in the midst of this. Because if you're allowing it, then my heart needs to change in some way. So Lord, show me what that is so I can change. I don't want to be the old Billy Odell. I want to be a new man, which is kind of cool because you think about it, because <laughs> Tom of Seal, the last time we were with him, we were sitting there and he goes, you know, this is, this is going to be my third heart. And we're all sitting there going, your third heart? I didn't know you had transplants before. And he says, no. I was born a natural man. God gave me a new heart. So he had a natural heart. He had a new heart. And now he's going to have a brand new heart. <laughs> and he just, yeah, Lord, that's what I need. I need a transplant of from my old to my new. I need you to put that new stuff in me and to get rid of the old stuff. So show me what it is. And then make me willing. 
Don't let me keep going back to my old stuff. Let me keep going forward. Because if you keep going backwards, the Lord's going to be miles ahead of you, and it's going to take forever to catch up to him. Oh, Lord, help. Help us keep going forward. Because the Lord doesn't stop moving. The Lord's still at work. And aren't you thankful? Because if he wasn't at work, we're in trouble because we're still here. <laughs> uh, we, we want him to keep moving and to keep saving people and to keep bringing people home to heaven. And you know what? If Tom dies on the table, he's home in heaven. If he stays here, he's got a new heart and he can still continue to serve the Lord. And it's the same for you and I. If we die today, where are we going to be? We're going to be home in heaven. Paul, Paul talked about it. He said, to be home in heaven would be a whole lot better for me. <laughs> but it's needful that I'm here with you to encourage you. And until God is ready for me, I'm going to continue to minister. Oh, Lord, help us to have that same heart, that same mindset, that that's where we would be. Uh, so, but he does it for our profit that we might be partakers of what? His holiness. If we don't go through those afflictions and, and have God minister to our hearts, if nothing happens from these afflictions, then we've lost. Because we've lost gaining ground to be like Jesus. And I don't know about you, but the world is getting worse and worse, and I want more of Jesus' heart. Because I can get mad at the world. But you know what? Jesus didn't get mad at him. It just shows me how far away from being like Jesus I am. Because if I can get mad at somebody on TV or on the radio or that cuts me off on the expressway, I am a sorry state. Because <laughs> if I can do that and not put Jesus in the equation, then I've lost. And I don't want to lose. And we're coming into harder days. If we can't do it now, what are we going to do when it really gets hard? If the Lord dares, we're going to be a mess. We're either going to be at home in our own mind, cursing everybody in sight, or we're going to be in a state hospital, cursing everybody in sight. <laughs> we're going to be somewhere cursing everybody and not having any joy whatsoever. Lord, I want your joy. I need you. We want to be partakers of his holiness. Oh, yes. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, <laughs> but grievous. To us, it seems to be grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, look at what he says. We aren't going to enjoy it. We aren't going to seem like it's any good for us. Nevertheless, afterwards, what's going to happen? There's going to be a peace in our lives, there's going to be a peace in our hearts that we didn't have before. It's going to yield a peaceable fruit of righteousness into our lives. That's what God wants to speak into your life. Now, do you want to be out cursing everybody? Or do you want to have a peaceable fruit of righteousness that just gets you through it? Oh. There's going to have, it's going to yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised. You have to be exercised to get there, which means what? No pain, no gain, right? That's what all the gyms say. <laughs> 
if there's no affliction, if there's no trouble in our life, and there's no growth in our life, if we're still going back to the same old stuff time after time after time, and there's no growth towards Jesus, then we're losing, and we're not getting exercised. We're just giving up. We're surrendering to the Satan. Yeah, the flesh gets stronger, your spirit gets weaker. How good are we going to be when real trouble comes? Ugh. The end result, we, we want to be exercised. So wherefore, in the midst of it, what does he say? Lift up your hands which hang down. Why are your hands hanging down and you're not... What happens when you lift your hands? You're worshiping, right? <laughs> you're worshiping. If your hands are hanging down, God says, I don't want your hands down where you're despondent and, and upset because your life is the way that it is. I want your hands lifted up to praise me and thank me in the midst of it because I'm taking care of you. So lift up your hands. Isn't it sad that the Lord has to tell us, hey, you need to lift up your hands and worship in the midst of this? In the midst of your trial, in the midst of your trouble, why aren't you thanking me? Oh. And he doesn't say it like that. I say it like that because that's the way my mind thinks. Lord, if, if I'm not worshiping you in the midst of my trial, what good am I? What am I really doing? I'm not representing you. I'm not worshiping you. I'm not thanking you. I'm not getting the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I'm a mess inside. I'm going to have ulcers if I keep going this way. And what, what do I want to do with ulcers? That's no fun. <laughs> Uh, wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees the feeble knees that can't walk in this life that say Lord I can't do it anymore I can't walk and you know what if we're supposed to be good soldiers and you know what good soldiers do in the midst of a battle if they get feeble knees are they really going to be a good soldier they aren't going to be able to shoot a gun. They aren't going to be able to focus on what the enemy's doing. They're just going to give up and surrender and get shot. Become prisoners of war and be absolutely no good for the army. Oh, I don't want you guys to become prisoners of war or to get shot with those fiery darts. I want you to hold on to that shield of faith and quench those fiery darts and to praise your God that loves you so much that he died for you. And if he can die for you, can't we live for him? Charles Spurgeon said uh, once that affliction is the best piece of furniture in his house. I don't know if I want to say that. <laughs> I'll let Spurgeon say it. Uh, so back in, in Samuel here, uh, 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 amazing. So verse 13, And as David and his men went along the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went, and he kept throwing stones at him. And he kept casting dust upon him. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Uh and Absalom and all the people of the men with Israel came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel with him. So uh, the things, this 
the, the picture changes. We're now down to Absalom coming into Jerusalem from the other direction. Remember, David's going across the Kidron Valley and going through. And Absalom and all the people of the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. Remember, Ahithophel uh, was Bathsheba's grandfather. Uh, he used to be one of David's counselors, uh, but, but he is now turned, and he's with uh, Absalom, because evidently he's still mad at David for what happened with Bathsheba and her husband Uriah. And it came to pass that when Hushai, and he's one of David's, he's a plant, the archite, David's friend, was come to Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, God save the king, God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this the kindness to your friend, who wentest thou not with why wentest thou not with your friend? And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him will I abide. We know Hushai is lying to him. We can't condone lying. <laughs> but he's a plant that's there because he's going to bring messages to David about what's going on in the kingdom. But you got to remember, too, that this is just another point for us because if Hushai can de deceive Absalom, then Absalom's not praying. He's not in the word. He's not doing the things that he should do as a king if God has really called him. He should know that this guy needs to be dealt with severely, but he has no clue because he takes him on as a counselor. Oh. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not following the things of the Lord either. And so he can be deceived. And the, the Lord will use those deceptions sometimes to just show people how deceived we can be without knowing what's really true. And boy, I think we've probably all been deceived at, at one time or another by folks but are we really praying? It just shows how bad off our hearts are without a constant communion with our Jesus. And Lord, I don't want to go there anymore. Help me. Because isn't it horrible when you find out you got deceived? When you believe something that was on the internet? I mean, if you're believing stuff on the internet, you had a couple strikes against you to start with. <laughs> but, but if you're believing stuff that even coming out of the church is saying, like if you're believing that, that, that God lied to Adam and Eve and we ought to not trust the Lord, then you know you're in trouble. You got to know you're in trouble. Oh. And again, verse 19, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son as I have served in your father's presence? So shall I be in your presence. And then said Absalom to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you what we shall do. And Ahithophel, so he's looking for wisdom. He's, he's seeing that David's not there. There's not a battle that's going to go on. Uh, and so he says, Okay, what do we do now, O great man of wisdom? Uh, and Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, which he hath left to keep at the house, and all of Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. Uh, as David is put down, the rest of the people's hands are going to be strengthened because they think they got something going. Uh, 
And, and folks, you've got to be careful because there's people out there who call themselves Christians who don't have a biblical worldview. And their whole premise comes to the place of not having a biblical worldview, but a worldly worldview. And their, their concepts, they may have the words, but their ideas and the outcome are not going to be towards God. You've got to be careful who you're listening to and what you're hearing. Because if they're not coming from a place of, of that biblical worldview, they're coming from a place, there's only one other choice. It's a worldview. <laughs> and it's not going to give you truth. It's going to lead you in the wrong direction. Ahithophel has something against David because of his granddaughter. He's never forgiven David. And because of the bitterness, the hurt that's there, he's coming in with a different view than what's right. And he's going to have what's wrong. It, it's wisdom in the sense of logically, in a world sense, because if, if they listened to what he said, they could have gotten David and could have destroyed him maybe. We don't know because we'll never know because it never worked out that way. But, but fighting-wise, it was great counsel. Hmm. Oh. But be careful of where the world, the view is that you're coming from. We've got to keep that biblical worldview in our lives, don't we? To make sure that we're walking along with the things of the Lord. So they spread a tent, verse 22, upon the top of the house. Remember, David has left uh, 10 concubines there. Uh, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And, and really what this does is it, it's an insult to David. Uh, and, and there's going to be no reconciliation possible between David and Absalom ever. Remember the last time we saw that, that Absalom deceived David and that was the last thing he said to him. But it's also fulfillment of prophecy because back in, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, verse 11, uh, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them unto your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. He's already told David what's going to happen, what's going to come because of David's sin. The consequence of sin sometimes is so awful and it hurts and it cuts deep. But you know what? We've got a God that can heal those hurts. And all of us, I think, have consequences that bother us, that afflict us at times, and the enemy knows how to hurl them at us. But we've got a God that can heal. We've got a God that can strengthen us. It may not take away the memory of it, but it can bring comfort to us. Let God be your comfort and be your strength. Because if you never get healed and you carry around bitterness, you're going to be a bitter, grumpy Christian. And you know what? We got enough bitter, grumpy Christians. <laughs> and guess what? The older you get, you aren't going to get any happier. You're going to get grumpier. So if you're grumpy now, just think what you're going to be in 10 years. <laughs> It's going to be awful. Let Jesus be your joy. Don't let bitterness be your strength. Amen.
Father, just thank you for your word. Uh, we just look at it and we see all these things and we see our hearts in all these places. And sometimes it drives us crazy because, Lord, we see ourselves, yeah, that's me, yeah, that's me, yeah, that's me. And we never seem to be in a place of, of being able to say, no, I've overcome that by, by Jesus. <laughs> Father, we want to be overcomers. We, we don't want to be those that have never been able to overcome your word tells us that this is the victory that has overcome the things of the world. Jesus, he's the one. Our faith in who he is, our faith in what he's done, our faith that he's able to take care of us and heal us from all these things. So Father, have your way with us. We need you. We thank you. We thank you for this dinner, this feast that we're going to partake of. And Father, we ask that you just bless it to our bodies, that you'd nourish us through it, that you'd strengthen us. Because, Lord, we have battles coming. And, Father, we want to be ready in every way. And so, Lord, help us and keep our mindset on things above, not on the things of the earth. Uh, because we want to see you high and lifted up. We want our hands to be lifted up. We want our knees to be strong so that we can walk. And, Father, thank you that you're our strength. And you're our hope. You're our peace. You're our joy. You're our all in all, and we rejoice in you today, and we give you thanks. What a thanksgiving we have, Lord, because we know you. That's what makes us thankful, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>